Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey everybody, Uh, and welcome to Foreplay Radio (laughs) Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Adam Matthews. We were just sharing a joke. And well, and I, <laughs> I want to dire know. Straits. I want to know how many people out there. If you know who Dire Straits is, oh, but not just on. that. Not just that, but if you know their song, because this episode's title is "More Sex, More Money," and <laughs> there apparently is a money dire for nothing. There is a Dire, uh, dire Straits song, song. Um, that is about that, exactly. and Lori is frustrated that I have never heard of that song. <laughs> So if yeah. you are huge Dire Straits fans, yell yeah. at us. If yeah. you don't know who Dire Straits is and you're under 40, please let <laughs> who us is know. most of our audience? That I am uh, not crazy here. So we're okay. talking about, we talk a lot about attachment on this yeah. show. And we talk about secure attachment. And we are talking today about the benefits of that secure attachment. Right. right? And basically, if you want to make more money, if you want to have more sex... If you want to have a better relationship, it all is a product of being securely attached. Mm-hmm. Now, if you come out of childhood and you're lucky enough to come from a family that provides secure attachment, right? You know, your parents were affectionate. There was economic security. They uh, loved on each other and they loved on you. You actually start life ahead of the curve. And you will, the research shows, you will make more money, like have better sex, have more sex, have a better relationship. Just it's an automatic. And it's Mm. like, it's not fair. It's not fair. But the good news is you can become a more securely attached person in your love relationship. And so all of this same sorts of benefits you can have as well through secure attachment. That's you know, awesome. but but people come in to me, and one of the things I see is, you know, for some people, they have an amazing, they come from amazing places. You know, their families were functional overall. Yeah, there's things that drive them a little crazy about, you know, the in-laws or whatever. But overall, their parents did provide for them, cared about them, kissed them goodnight, you know, had bedtime rituals, you know, motivated them for school, got them tutors. You know, dad went to work and either mom stayed home or mom went to work and dad stayed home and there was somebody caring for them. And their potential, if they're married to somebody who's secure, their potential for happiness, Adam, I know, goes all the way up the ladder. It's all the way to the top. And other people come in, you know, and they have had traumas and disruptions and been impoverished and... You know, they've had violence against them. They've had parents who were neglectful. And their potential, right, their statistical potential doesn't go all the way to the top. It's like they're going to have to work harder. Yeah. And I'm with you. And yeah, I'm one of those. Well, you know, I didn't come from a securely attached home. Well, I would say and there's a third group as well. 
And I think those are people whose parents had really good intentions toward them. There may not have been any big T traumas, but there were right. little T traumas and their parents maybe did the best that they could. And we mean by a big T trauma, like dad being an alcoholic yeah. or mom whipping you with a belt or those things didn't happen. Right. But little T traumas are, you know, yeah, they got preoccupied because they had a, their own small business. And, or they, I mean, they were, anxio- they were anxiously attached themselves or they were right. avoidantly attached themselves. Right. And so they may have taken a step further than their parents did. Yeah. But it's still, I think a lot of people get hung up because they look back on their childhood and go, well, nothing big happened to me. And so mm-hmm. why does that mean that I'm not securely attached? Yeah. And it, 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 it doesn't Because nec- chronic little T traumas yes. create insecurity as well. Yep. I will say, though, it's been meaningful in my life to think about setting a course. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my husband and I do not come from securely attached families and did not come out of childhood this way. But my, my purpose in life was to change the dynamic in this generation. You know, and there's like a proverb that says, you know, the sins of the fathers go back four generations, but a righteous man, the blessing goes on for a thousand generations. So it basically is the point of that proverb is that in one generation, you can change the course of your family's history forever for the good. Like if you will become securely attached and work through your stuff, your children, your children's children all the way down the line, will have the benefit and the blessing of secure attachment. Uh, And I think that's what you're saying there, that you can become securely attached is really important to know. You can move to a place of greater health, greater security. And so it's not not that this is fixed and that you're just stuck this way and that you're stuck with a lesser degree of happiness or a lesser degree of money or a lesser degree of sex, that it can move into a place where you are more secure. Right. But I'd like to talk just an example about a guy I knew who was securely attached. You know, he had gone to a good school, right? His parents had had the money for tutors and prep school. And and then in college, there was no concern about could they pay for college? I mean, it was just like, okay, where can you get in? Where can you apply? Then later on, uh, his father had planned really well. And his father knew he was going to die. And Um, spoke to his son about this is the money you're going to inherit. This is the plan. This is how I want you to take care of mom. And this is the money that will become yours. And it's going to be divided evenly with your sister. You know, so I mean, right, they're thoughtful. Um, For the record, my opinion, divided evenly. But anyway, you know, they divided it evenly. And he came into quite a bit of money, but he was already a productive man. I mean, he was already working a job. He already knew that life was going to be productive. And then he comes into this money. And so he uses the money to expand his business and to develop kind of life. Um, you know, they develop land. They have a cabin. They do this. And and he and his wife sat down together and they talked about, okay, I have this inheritance. How do we want to use it? So many people who are insecurely attached hoard their own assets, their own energy, their own sex, whatever, right? But he was a sharer because he didn't have this anxiety of, I'm going to be taken advantage of. I mean, that's one of the dilemmas when you're insecurely attached is you come into marriage and you worry about my partner taking advantage of me. But that wasn't there. And so he and his wife were able to think wisely about what are our dreams? How do we want to invest this money? You know, and he knew he could trust her that she wasn't going to, okay, now let's go buy a Corvette. You know, Mm -hmm. let's just, but they together thought about what was important to their children, to how to use this. 
you know, at some point she said, you know, I want to go back to school. You know, I'm a homemaker, but I know that my children are going to be grown and I want to be contributing financially and I want to do something that I feel passionate about. So one of the things she was able to ask him is, can you be more available to pick up the children after school? And the other thing I want if I go back to school is us to designate weekends away, just you and me. So she was taking into account both things, the family needs, Mm -hmm. his needs for sexual connection and excitement and their needs to stay joined because working full time, taking care of kids and one partner going to school, that is a tough gig. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I went back to school. Actually, I was in school when my children were little and and then when my children were grown and I hope to get out of school one day. But anyway, um, you know, so she does that. She enters her own field, which is lucrative. They again talk about how are we going to use this money? What are we going to do? They thought it was important that they be fit. So they worked in to their lives like a walk every morning. They got up at the crack of dawn and they walked their cul-de-sac. So they were never more than two houses away from their house, you know, and they just walked in circles, but they talked together. Sometimes they said, you know, we were just quiet together, just being together. Every day they had a little bit of time that was theirs before the children were up and sex was mostly relaxed. Um, You know, it brought them closer. She kind of struggled to be uninhibited while the children were around And that was, you know, she was loud and wild on the weekends when they would go away together. And that sustained them through this part of life. That is secure attachment. That's what it looks like. People working it out. People who manage life. And it's, it's kind of, I think it's frustrating if you haven't had this. It's like, right, to whom more is, you know, some is given, more is given. It's like, that doesn't feel fair. And that's the blessing of secure attachment and what you can bless the next generation with and also bless yourselves with if you will get securely attached with your romantic partner. Yeah, that sounds like a relationship that is enjoyable to be a part of. That's going to bring life, that's going to... Uh, it's going to bring joy that's going to support keep things going and not and mm-hmm. through the kind of the hamster wheel of some of the the stages of life right exactly right so and you know they had realistic expectations of sex you know they knew that sex was you know on the whole there was going to be some dailiness to it or you know ordinariness to it but that there was going to be a higher eroticism on their weekends away and that kind of kept them sustained through all this period of time And I think secure attachment comes from a close and supportive relationship. It's not enmeshment. Actually, when we feel securely attached, the irony is we can leave the relationship and go out and do our thing with more security. It's like we know our partner wants us to go out and explore the world and fulfill our purpose, and they give us their blessing to do that. Yeah, I think I think secure attachment and then what you're saying with this example as well is it gives us the freedom and the safety to be ourselves, to be fully ourselves. And there's not a lot that is uh, threatening the relationship. There's very few things that I could say that would threaten the relationship. Very few things you could say or do that would threaten the relationship. And that there's there's a lot of comfort in that. Right. Right. And they they don't threaten the relationship. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that secure people do is they don't flirt with other people in front of their partner. They don't, you know, say ultimatums. They don't threaten divorce. They they know that that is toxic and that those are bombs and they don't want to fray the connection. And so they don't do those things and they stay securely attached. Let's come back after this and talk some more about secure attachment. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. 
Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. Welcome back. And we were talking about how to build secure attachment today because secure attachment leads to more money, more sex, greater degree of just happiness and contentment in life. And we're just kind of building on some stuff that we've talked about before as well. And this is from the research. We can tell you where we get it from. But Bandura is one. And believe it or not, that basically securely attached people enjoy their work more they have better relationships with their peers. They have more job security. They make more income. They have more opportunities for advancement. They are five times more likely to be promoted in their job in comparison to insecurely attached employees. And they're more likely to take leadership and form collaborative relationships versus maybe a ruthless, whatever it takes for me to get ahead kind of attitude. But they do, their leadership is... You know, they assert their ideas, they take initiative, and they make suggestions. They promote their goals, and they're willing to make a decision when it comes down to it. And they're very assertive about promoting their contributions. And those qualities come from having high self-esteem, believing that you're valuable, that you're Mm -hmm. contributing something that's valuable, i.e., you will get ahead in life more, in work, as well as in relationship. I mean, I, I just, if you're a parent... You know, please think about with me making this commitment that we're making a commitment to become securely attached so that the next generation, you know, has all these blessings without having to work as hard. And that's really how you pass on secure attachment to your child is by right. working on it yourself. Yeah, this is the legacy. Yourself. Yeah. It's the legacy of yeah. family, of a real family, which is to give this kind of deep connection to our children. And, and I don't feel like I can say it enough, too. And we undersell this, but secure attachment is really about safety. It is yeah. about physical safety first, emotional safety second, even though emotional safety is just as important. And being able to know that that in the relationships that are vital, not in every relationship, but in the ones that are vital to us, that we have both of those things. We have the ability to remain physically safe, which is one of the reasons why domestic violence and abuse is so is so harmful, is that it breaks that attachment bond. Right, it shatters it. And damages it. Yeah. Um, and so in those relationships that are vital to us, that we have that physical safety, but then that emotional safety to fully be accepted for who we are, um, not just for what we do, but for who we are, that we feel good enough in that in that relationship for that other person. We feel like that relationship is going to be consistent over time, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be something that we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to feel like our partner is for us. Oh, absolutely. Overall, that they're not just for themselves, How, but they're for us. I was trying to describe that to a couple the other day, and they could not understand that concept. What? Do, how do you define it? How, the, the idea that somebody is for us, because I love it. 
but I was having trouble describing what I meant by that because I didn't get it innately. Yeah, well, I think if they didn't get it innately probably because they were insecurely attached and insecurely attached people think, I, I need to be number one. You know, mm-hmm. nobody but me is really going to look out for my interests. Whereas in secure attachment, there is this sense like somebody's got my back and yeah. they're thinking about me and they want my best. Yeah. Even though, yeah, they represent their needs and they, they say, hey, this is what I'm needing. This is what I'm wanting. They're thinking as a coupleship. You know, how, how can we have a win-win here? How can I get my needs met, which also will meet your needs? How can we do this together? That's secure attachment. And I just want to say what that looks like in sex is securely attached people find it easy to be affectionate. I'm sure you, Adam, as well as I, come across couples and and one or the other will say, yeah, my partner, I mean, they want sex and they seem to desire it, but they're not affectionate. Like they don't walk by me and stroke my hair or cuddle up with me on the couch or just natively touch me. They touch the children, thank God, right, because at least the children are being touched. But they don't touch me. And there's, there, to me, I, I can't imagine walking by my husband and not touching him or saying goodbye to him and not hugging him or kissing him goodbye. I mean, that's just so a part of instinctual, that primitive desire to be physically connected in affection as well as in sex. But, you know, and, and after sex, they tell you things like how much you mean to them, not just what, that was great, that was awesome. I mean, so, certainly we want to be enthusiastic and express those things too, but it isn't like, now that was great sex and let's do that again. It's more like, you know, you were great. Yeah. You know, I loved being with you. It, there's this deep sense that your partner, like, wants you in sex. Yeah. That's why I always coach men. Don't say, uh, you know, you want it or you want to have, you want to do yeah, sex. Not... No. Or I want, uh, you know, I'm horny. I want sex. That's such a turnoff. It's I like, want I want you. Yeah. That's, that's the turn on. And they've securely attached people feel satisfied in their romantic partnership, right? They're not always looking for something else or they're not always looking to change you. They're just comfortable. They're comfortable to be with. And they don't act out on the romantic relationship, right? They don't flirt to make you jealous with somebody else. They don't look at other stuff. I mean, it's like they're about you. Yeah. Securely attached people to, I think, emotionally in a relationship, they have space for the other person to have emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I hear a lot of couples talk about, well, all my spouse does is complain about their day, and I don't want to hear that. Oh. Uh, and I go, well, but that's what, what else you're is there for. to talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, and, except and, for complaining about my aches and pains. Yeah, that's, I had somebody <laughs> who, whose spouse worked in hospice care, and she had just had a uh, such a sad job. Like it was such oh. so difficult. To, I mean, caring for the dying is just yeah, can a, you imagine? so hard. And so she would want to come home and talk about it, and he just he would go he would go. That's enough. Like. Like I can't, I, he was just done. And I was like, that's, that's not a secure position. Like it, right. I recognize there's difficulty there, but emotionally like creating space for that other person, being able to hear them, be able being able to empathize with them. Secure people are, are highly empathetic people, right? right? And are able to kind of really hear and be in it with another person yeah. and know that just because the other person is talking doesn't mean that I'm not going to get my turn as well. Right. Like you're not pushing for that. I also see this come out as defensiveness a lot Mm -hmm. uh, because I think insecurely attached people 
whenever they hear a complaint from their partner, they jump in really fast to defend themselves. It's really hard for them to hear any kind of criticism because they they perceive that as a threat to the relationship. But securely attached people can tolerate yeah. that, right? It's like, oh, you're trying to help me, make me yeah. better. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I would just also say um, Sue Johnson's, who is the EFT master emotionally focused therapy, which both Adam and I like and are training in and basically says that securely attached partners have something called synchrony sex. And it's basically that they create this, what you're saying, this attachment and emotional Mm -hmm. openness and responsiveness outside the bedroom, and they carry that into the bedroom. So they have a relational connectedness and attunement. They, Mm -hmm. They can feel each other. And then they relax and they sink into yeah. that deep lovemaking. I mean, that to me feels so good. The thought of sinking into deep lovemaking where you, you know, you're letting the world go and just having pleasure and it's pleasure is good and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And attunement is good. And that's what it means to have secure attachment. So how do we get securely attached? There are, this is not an easy process. It's but not it, an easy it process. Can, it, it can. It's a life work. It's a life work. But to me, the very first thing is that you have to raise your insight and awareness of yourself mm-hmm. and the things that have, one, led you to the particular attachment style that you that you have, whether it's anxious or avoidant. And pursuer what tr- or distancer. Pursuer or distancer. And what triggers that for you? Yes. What are, the things, what are the things that are happening, particularly that your partner does, that triggers that, but what other people do as well mm-hmm. that trigger that and cause your anxiety to go up because both anxious and avoidant, attachment styles, anxiety goes up for them and you try to, and how you manage it and knowing what, how you do that can lead you the, when you have awareness of that, when you have understanding of that, one, you can kind of accept yourself better, but then it can also allow you to start to do things differently um, and start to react more securely to those things. So like a pursuer who's anxiously attached is going to really come home from a party and they're going to worry about what people thought of them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I said the wrong thing, or I said this, or do you think they got mad at me, or do you think they misunderstood me? They're going to obsess and fret over how it went. Yes. And an avoidant person is going to come home from the party and say, you know, I, I was okay. I didn't really talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great of a party. Uh, and they're not going to care what anybody thought about them. Yeah. In fact, sometimes they're going to blunder socially and not realize that they've blundered. Uh, And not care because their defense mechanism is to not care. So let's talk about how that changes if you if you start to be aware of it, because I think that's a great example. So like the anxious person who's going to come home and start talking about all the ways, fret over it, replay stuff in their in their own mind. There's two things that I think can happen. Like one, as they're aware of it, they can just stop, shut their mouth. Mm -hmm. They can stop. They can just go, oh, I'm talking about it. That's that's not about how I was at the party, that's about my own anxious attachment style. That's about my own anxiety. And then I can see, I can say, I'm not going to continue to talk about it anymore. So, but not talking about it, we don't want them to just necessarily shut up. Maybe they talk to their girlfriend if their partner doesn't like to hear it, or they talk to their therapist, or what they do is they give themselves self-compassion. They say, you know what? I bet you I was just fine. I, yeah. I bet you I'm obsessed with the way I appeared or what I did or said, and everybody else is a little obsessed with the way they appeared and what they said, and I just need to say, you know what? I had fun. Right. That was communicated. I'm a good person. I think, you know? let, me, let me clarify too, because I, I agree with what you're saying. You can talk about the right thing. 
Mm. And so, because I think that sometimes would come out against their partner. So let's say their avoidant partner was not making any kind of small talk, was really passive at the party, stood in a corner most of the whole time. Sometimes the anxious partner is going to come home and go, oh, what were you doing? Why were you doing that? How they are become we going to look? critical. They become super critical. In the partnership. So they have first self-criticism mm-hmm. about who they are. And now they project that onto their partner. And they're worried not only about how they appeared, but how their partner appeared. And it's like, you know what? You can let your partner appear the way they want to appear. That's right. Their, their life is separate. And they get to be who they are at the party, too. And they can be judged or not judged for that. You're only responsible for yourself is what you're saying. So what you're saying when you're saying stop talking is stop being critical yeah, maybe, maybe of the, your partner's um, way they were at the party. Well, it, it maybe it's a better way to change how you're talking about it. So instead of saying, maybe instead of saying stop talking about it, I mean change how you're talking about it. Instead of worrying about the party, you're talking about yourself. You know, it's really hard for me not to think about that. Mm-hmm. You can say to your partner, like, it's really hard for me not to overanalyze every little thing that I mm-hmm. did there. And it kind of freaks me out that I said this. So you're talking with awareness. Yes, you're talking uh-huh. with awareness as opposed to just being caught up in it all the time. And the avoidant partner perhaps can engage, can say, yes. oh, my partner, that's right, they always fret after a party. I need to comfort them and say, you know what, sweetheart, you're such a friendly person. I'm mm-hmm. sure that came through. You were beautiful. I know that your warmth, you know, so what if you were a little drunk and you said something a little off? You know what? Your warmth of who you are comes through. And they can engage and be reassuring and comforting instead of who cares what people think about you? Stop. Stop worrying about that. That's right. Yeah. It's much it's a much more aware conversation. And you're talking about the right things rather than getting caught up in the wrong things. And the avoidant partner, too, if they're aware, they can then begin to say, maybe ask some more questions. Do you think, did I engage more than I did last time? Right. You know, those things make me crazy, but you know, did I, did I seem standoffish or was I just doing my own thing? Right. Like, and really start to be aware of those converse, those things. It's um, funny because the anxiously attached person is often hyper aware of every little nuance and the avoidant person is often, the distancing partner is often unaware completely of any nuance. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's why they can help each other if they get on the same page and they stop this toxic cycle. Um, I would say, obviously, both couples therapy helps you stop the toxic cycle so that you're on each other's team, Mm -hmm. but also your own personal therapy to heal the wounds from your families. And meditation, you know, is an incredible way to still the mind. Absolutely. You know, to be to to gain more awareness if you're an avoidant person and to calm down if you're an anxiously attached person. And you said something else earlier too that I think is vitally important and we're kind of kind of wrapping up here but the self-compassion is perhaps some of the hardest work that we do in life but it's also some of the most vital. Um, mm-hmm. in self-compassion, self-forgiveness, like that work and Lamont calls it, calls it just the important work of the soul. Like mm. that it is just it is um, it's I soul love her. work. She is fantastic. She's so good. Um, but like that idea that we to extend that to other people, to extend compassion and forgiveness to our partners and to other people, that we have to first be able to do that to ourselves is such a thing that is it's such a secure thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a moose towards security to to be able to take even a step in that direction. Maybe we can't do it fully at first, but just like just like the meditation, like we are. It is just a settling of ourselves that allows us to then look at the things that we do and just have grace and compassion for yeah. uh, for those things. I think that's just a huge move toward secure attachment. I love that. Okay, you're listening to us, How to Have More Sex, More Money in 2019 with 
your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews, and your sex therapist, Lori Watson. Thanks for listening. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.